everybody this is scaring is sharing yeah it's the place where we share our scares with one another and with you hello everybody it's me your host the original sasquatch slim jeremy rusk with his co-host brandy joe the flame and scream queen plan back and i'm ready to rumble everybody go crazy <laughs> 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 Jeremy, you are just home from a vacay. Yes. So people that are listening to this episode, of course, you already know it's probably shorter than <laughs> what uh, we normally put out. And that's because I was on vacation for like a week and we had to squeeze this in. So uh, here we are. Yes. And although the episode is shorter, it's also coming out a day early because of the holiday. Yes, for St. Patrick's Day, we are doing Leprechaun Returns, as you yeah, see buddy. from the title. So, yes, uh, St. Patrick's Day special. Jeremy, first, tell me about your vacation. Did anything, did you see any monsters? Where were you? Uh, so we went to Mexico, uh, Sarah and I, and it was destination wedding. It was one of my best buddies from college got married. So now um, did any of the friends of the podcast go there? Were there any of them like a part of this? No friends of the podcast. In fact, I was catching up with guys I had not hung out with like since college. And I'm like, I've got a podcast, listen to it a couple of times. So, but I tried to spare everybody. It was only people that were actually interested when it came up that I talked to, but um, it was a really good time. Specifically, we were in Playa del Carmen, uh, which is like a 40 minute, the airport was in Cancun. So we flew into Cancun and then it was like a 40 minute drive to the resort we were at. So that's where Playa del Carmen is. Um, nice. And we we stayed at an all inclusive resort. Uh, uh, it was great. That sounds so fucking exciting. Uh, now the only monster related thing I can think of uh, is uh, one of the nights in the resort. There are the these vendors. Actually, no, I have a second one. But there are these vendors um, that were selling you know random goods like on site you know. Silly souvenir stuff, but I bought a luchador mask, of course, which is you know the Mexican wrestlers, the masked Mexican wrestlers. Like Nacho wrestlers. Libre. Yep, exactly what Nacho Libre is based on. So I bought a um, uh, a mask that was based off of El Santo or the Saint for English speakers, who was like the OG Mexican wrestler that did like a bunch of movies in like the 60s and 70s where he would fight Dracula and Frankenstein and stuff like that. So I'm a fan of him. But in talking to the vendor, he was also like trying to sell me this mask for this other famous wrestler. Uh, and I can't remember the name of the guy, but apparently it's based on a chupacabra is like what his uh, oh. uh, mask was based on. So it was this weird like monster looking mask. So I thought that was kind of cool. Fun. Uh, yeah. And then when we, there was a, uh, Sarah and I went into town one afternoon into Playa del Carmen itself, where they have like Fifth Avenue was this stretch of, uh, you know, tourist trap stuff, like where all the foreign tourists come. <laughs> Not like creepy mannequin tourist trap. No, not like creepy mannequin tourist <laughs> trap, just like where all these international tourists are here, like buying stuff, vendors yelling at you to come like buy their stuff. 
Um, but they had these cool like street art. And in fact, there was a picture on my Instagram of me posing with one of them, uh, which were of these like creatures that I guess are based from Mexican folklore uh, where there's, they are spirit guides, um, mm. but they take on, they're like amalgamations of different animals. Okay. Uh, so different. Uh, I don't know what kind of spirit journey you're supposed to go on to get one of these, but yeah, you can, that's what they're, these statues were based on. So like one was like a seahorse with like bat wings coming off of it. And the one I posed with was this weird uh, monkey creature thing holding like a walking stick. It was cool. That sounds really cool. You know what else is cool? What is cool? We have some new analytics with our site. So we pulled up sort of like where people are listening to us from. Mm -hmm. And we found some really cool things out. Like, of course, the majority of our listeners are from Michigan because that's where we're from. So it makes sense. Our friends and family are supporting. There's also a lot of Arizona, which we know exactly who that is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also we have a lot of listens from Virginia Specifically, I'm going to probably butcher this, but Tappahannock, Tappahannock, hmm. Tappahannock, Tappahannock, Virginia is the second most listened to place next to Royal Oak, Michigan, which I assume is like the Ferndale area as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of wild. And then some Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, and a lot some of listens Ohio, there. yes, some Illinois, some Massachusetts, a little bit of Texas, a little bit of Salt Lake City, Utah, a little bit of Tampa, Florida, a little bit of Washington, D.C., and a little bit of Virginia. So we're getting national. Yeah, we are. And there's a little bit also outside of the United States, but that's very little. It's like some particular episode probably had a little bit of outreach and like, you know, wherever. Yeah, <laughs> Spain yeah. or something. It's like a couple of, of you know, listens here and there. But Yeah, it's fun to see that. Like, I know for a minute we like charted – so to speak, in Canada. Yeah. Like our total listens from Canada are like 40, (laughs) like that. So it's like, it took just very little for us to like pop up all of a sudden, probably because all those 40 probably happened at once or something like that. 100%. And also speaking of Phoenix, Arizona, we do have a telegram from teacher Drew. And I'm going to read that now. So I don't forget, like I have done in the past. So teacher Drew writes, Hey guys, wow, episode 70. I enjoy all your episodes. But this one was next level gold metal emoji thanks for updating on time for my friday run where do i start well tess as a guest host was amazing and yes she was she was a perfect fit and to most of her comments i responded audibly with exactly or thank you i bet you didn't even know your pod was so interactive cool face emoji I appreciated her movie picks. As a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street and the musical Phantom, I am eager to check out the 1989 version. And the second pick, Gothic, sounds just twisted enough for me to watch. Please invite her back soon. Next, I can only respond with a definite heck yes and make it happen to the prospect of scaring and sharing merch. I need both a t-shirt, size medium please, and a cap. Keep us updated. Lately, I have been a little nostalgic. Maybe it's these crazy times. So I found comfort in the classics. I've been watching all the episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My two favorite episodes are Polar Opposites. One is Hush, which is the silent episode and superbly creepy, while the other is Once More with Feeling. This is the musical episode, which is joyous and meditative. That's how I say that, right? Meditative? 
Yes. I don't know why I'm, I'm doubting myself. I don't remember. Are you fans? If so, what are your standout episodes? Lastly, every time you talk about hot takes, I forget to mention this, but I don't like The Shining. There, I said it. It's probably because I read the book before the movie release and they made some major, majorly awful changes compared to the original text. Till next time, thanks for being you and thanks for bringing joy to the horror community. Love to you both, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Teacher Drew, thank you. Yeah, wonderful. And Tess was indeed superbly awesome. Loved having her on. I I loved it. And I have to just real also say before I forget, I did say that I thought Phantom of the Opera passed the Bechtel test, and it doesn't because I rewatched the opening scene with Molly Shannon and Jill Sholin or whatever, and they talk about Eric, the composer. So they're talking about a man. So therefore, it does not pass. And I originally said I thought it did. It does not. So I just had to give a little corrections corner there. Now, you've watched some Buffy, right? Or all of Buffy? I I probably have seen the whole thing. I watched Buffy as it was originally on TV. Oh, and you were just uh, a wee babe. I was because my mom was obsessed with it. That oh, was her mom. favorite show. So I watched it with my mom. She got me into My mom loves vampire fiction in general. Mm. So if it's got vampires, she's probably interested in it. Was she a Twilight baby as well? No, I don't think she got into oh, I'd have to ask her. She I got have, into Twilight. She may have read them, though, because she's also like, my mom's also a nerd for young adult fiction. So oh, she, she, she had probably, to have. She probably read at least the first one, but I'd have to double check with her. But I don't re- remember her talking about those. But uh, yeah, she was into Buffy. So I watched it with her like growing up. But I'm not, I feel like I've seen an episode or two in adult life but it's been very long time. Like essentially I only watched it when it was originally on TV. So I don't remember a lot, but I I do remember hush being the standout episode. It's so, Oh yeah. Those monsters were so creepy with their big smiles and they floated on air and Mm -hmm. they had their little creepy doctor bags. That's definitely a definitive episode. I also agree. I love once more with feeling there's some really good music in it and it's just so much fun. And the other episode that I love, love, love is the body which i'm not going to say what happens and if you watch it you know but it it is it takes a, a hard left in regards to the content and the the vibe of it and it is just so powerful and so so good and and those are the three so i'm right there with teacher drew and then i would add the body to the mix as far as another favorite episode of mine also i have pretty solid memories it's the episode i mostly i just remember the moment whatever episode i think it was a season finale where the Hellmouth finally opened and the big monster comes out and then it eats the principal that <laughs> was awesome i don't remember i see i had like liked it a little bit or i'd seen an episode or two i definitely think hush was one of the episodes i watched and then joe got it for me one year for christmas like the entire series this is before you know digital netflix and things where like Mm -hmm. you know dvds were all the rage and he got me the entire series and i was kind of like in my mind like oh i guess i have to watch this now Mm -hmm. because you know this is not a, a cheap collection it was like really cool packaging and I started watching it and I 
fell in love with it. I mean, I was a big stoner back then, so like I would just get high and watch disc after disc of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and oh my god, I ate it up. I never really liked Sarah Michelle Gellar before that. She was fine, but like I really fell in love with her watching it, and um, and yeah, I fell in love with it way more than I ever thought I would. So it was kind of like a, a nice accident because I don't think I would have watched it had Joe not gotten me <laughs> the, the series. So he he knew something I didn't know, which you know typically is the case sometimes with our our loved ones, our partners. They they know more about us than we do about ourselves. Very true. <laughs> and I was just telling your wife it's gonna be really fun. I know we talked about doing it for a Valentine's Day episode, so maybe next year. But we have to have both of our partners on. It will be very fun. Yes, that would be a blast. Yeah, and I do the shining, touching on that, like I do remember how good the book was. And the major changes I remember are the um croquet mallet as opposed to an axe. And mm-hmm. Also, that there's a big like um, boiler in the basement. That that like I think the maze may not be an aspect at all. And there's also like um, uh, there's hedges that are shaped like animals that I think come to life or something. Like that's an aspect yep. of of it. Now I hate the TV film that came out. Some people love that, but I even though it was more faithful to the book, I thought the little Danny was so goddamn horrible. I just couldn't stand it. I, I was going to agree with you. There's a lot of defenders nowadays of the TV movie version because of how like it is like a direct adaptation of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, first off, I've found we kind of just take for granted that the Kubrick movie of The Shining is just like a great movie, I feel. But there is a very vocal group of people that don't like it. Uh, and I tend to find the common denominator is they were people that read the book first and were in love with the book. And then the movie was so, cause Stanley Kubrick was out front when he made it about like, I think there's a lot of stuff that I is stupid in the book and I'm just not going to do it. So he rewrote the story the way he wanted to do it. And that's very, and that was always a point of contention between Stephen King and Stanley Kubrick, who it sounds like Stephen King was a little catty about somebody changing his work because I don't know, it happens all the time. So I don't know why Stephen King took such umbrage with somebody changing a book but it seems like a very catty fight between them that persists to this day because Stephen King still won't stop talking about how pissed he is at Stanley Kubrick for doing that so but then it's so weird and like I get what Mike Flanagan was doing with Dr. Sleep but like Mm -hmm. at the same time I feel like Stephen King has been such a Mike Flanagan like um I want to say defender, that's not the right word, but like a a supporter of him, that then Mm -hmm. Mike Flanagan goes and does a direct sequel to the Kubrick film as opposed to the book, which the Dr. Sleep book, from my understanding, is very much like in line with Stephen King's original novel. So like they go back to the hotel and the hotel's no longer there because it burns down in the book. Spoiler alert. Um, It burns down in the book because the boiler, the furnace blows up or whatever. So I just, it would have... I would have liked to have seen Mike Flanagan be more faithful to the Dr. Sleep book, but I can also get that I, you know, he was trying to appeal to the audience who loved the shining film, which is such like, you know, a, a horror classic, but yeah, I, it just would have been nice to see him try to do it to the book, but I, I can understand it. But I also wonder if he had to like get Stephen King's like blessing to be like, do a sequel to the film that he hates. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And 
again with the, the the shining tv movie version i think part of the problem is uh it's very silly and it's because and i think that's a problem with a lot of stephen king's written work is it's very scary as a book because it's dealing with like abstracts or ideas that work better as an abstract idea like floating in your head mm-hmm. and when you literally translate it to like okay i'm gonna take this text and make it a literal thing on screen in front of you all this ghost stuff becomes way more silly than it sounds like in the book so i think that's kind of the problem and why kubrick went a bit more uh esoteric and obscure about like are these actually ghosts are people just crazy and you know kind of because i know stephen king's big thing was always it's supernatural it's ghosts and he changed that and didn't like explicitly say that in his movie but i think to me it makes it work better as a mm-hmm. film if it's way more vague about what's happening now going off the mike flanagan rant i just had or mention i should say call out we tried to watch midnight mass now it is no secret that i think haunting of hill house is the best tv show of all time it is definitely my favorite tv show of all time i've watched it twice i would watch it again in a heartbeat i love it i cry i'm scared i laugh i just love it it's everything i love and more midnight mass and oh and also I loved Bly Manor, not as much as Hill House, but I really loved it. Some people did not care for it, but I thought it was great. I do not want to finish Midnight Mass. I watched five or six of the episodes and I I don't care to watch more. I'm bored out of my mind. I am so bored. (laughs) Have you watched it? No, never started it because I heard super mixed things. Well, see, and everyone I know just like has raved about it. Like people who didn't like Bly Manor have come back and been like, oh my God, Midnight Mass. The acting is great. It deals with addiction, which I love and which Mike Flanagan often does, rather with recovery. And I I love those storylines, but my God, I'm so fucking bored that I just don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's really too bad. It's really too bad. That's what I have read from detractors of Midnight Mass was that it's slow and boring and it's just not worth the payoff in the end, they felt. Yeah, because I don't need it to be like scary. Like that's what some people's issue with Bly Manor was, was like it wasn't scary like Hill House was. And I didn't care. I'm all for good storytelling. But yeah, I just can't do it. So... Oh, no. Whatever. But do you know what TV I have been loving? A couple of Blumhouse TV shows, because Blumhouse is all into the TV scene now. You know this? No, I don't. What are are they producing? So they produced um, What Happened, Brittany Murphy, which was a two-part documentary we talked about before. Okay. also produced um, Worst Roommate Ever, which is on Netflix. It's a documentary series. They also produced The Thing About Pam, which is the Renee Zellweger Mm -hmm. true crime it's like a, it's not a documentary because Renee Zellweger's in it, yeah. but it's about a true crime incident. Oh. And th- they produced all of these things. And I really like the Brittany Murphy thing. It could have been shorter, but the thing about Pam is fantastic so far. Super funny. Renee Zellweger is just a delight. And worst roommate ever is super fucking creepy. And I've heard it's, I've heard it's wild. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm only two episodes in, but loving it. Super, mm-hmm. super cool. So yeah, go Blumhouse TV. Cool. Go Blumhouse. Yeah, Blumhouse is, you know, they're, they're becoming quite the, the powerhouse of genre entertainment right now. So they are. Hell yeah. Last night I watched Peephole because I saw you watched it, which is like yeah. a horror short. I saw Wait. it on your letterbox and I was like, I'm going to check it out. And Ye- it was fun. Ye- shout out to... Uh, friend of the podcast and a friend of mine from college kyle uh hey, kyle 
he sent that to me. Um, I do know he listens to us, but not necessarily caught up. So he's okay. like a binge, he's a binge listener. Did he write us once? He's written us before. Yes. Okay, I thought and, so. And he uh, he tends to go. Uh, I'll hear from him and be like, I just caught up on a bunch of stuff right now. So, but he sent that to me on my Facebook wall, uh, and he's like, thought you might like this, so I watched it, and I thought that was a really cool short. It was, and it has the. The issue I had with it is the ending, which all these horror shorts seem to be going that lights out realm of having this last moment that's a real like, ooh, scary, as opposed mm -hmm. to just, I don't know, being creepy and not trying to end with like a jump scare necessarily. And I don't know that mm -hmm. that's quite what it was, but kind of sort of, because the lead up to it was so good and so eerie and so just like unsettling. Yes. And then the very ending is like, like I said, like a lights out ripoff is what it felt like. Yeah, that's what uh, threw me too. Was like, okay, but the punchline was mad, but everything else. I, I, oh. And I was watching it like this almost works as like a concept trailer. Like I would love to see this expanded into like a feature length story that could be cool. So. Yeah, I really love the Mama short. Speaking of of horror shorts, because I, I mm. liked the Mama full length, but the Mama short was so creepy. Yeah, I just I love a good horror short, and and yeah, and I really liked People. So thank you for sharing that on yes. your letterbox. Yes, yes. What else have you watched? I mean, we have you watched anything, or are you no. just been too busy? It's been a nice break there, so I haven't been able to keep up, and my my inflow of news was uh, uh, lacking. It's funny when you <laughs> when you're in a in another country. Uh, my Google kicked over to like a bunch of Spanish stuff every time I was try. You know, if I was on the internet trying to look something up, so you know, come back to the U.S. and everything switches back. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it's also fascinating too to go to another country and open up your Netflix. Oh, geolocks to the location you're on. So in Mexico, Mexican Netflix has entirely different selections on it of like movies and stuff. So it was wild. Now, speaking of that, I feel like I have heard if you get like a VPN or something like that and you can set it to the country you're in, that mm -hmm. you can look at Netflix from different countries. I feel like someone somewhere has mentioned something about that to me in that same like tone of what you're saying that you can look at how it yes. is different. So when you went over there, your Netflix auto-populated to the, the to what it was like in mexico yes the local stuff oh, yeah oh that's so cool yeah it, it was it and uh like every other whatever apps they have because like amazon prime like the video uh app just didn't really work because i'm okay. like uh, i don't think they have it here so it just you know i couldn't really do anything with that but um like i went on hbo uh one night because i like to like watch stuff on like my tablet or my phone as i fall asleep at night but uh i went over to uh the hbo app uh because i've been watching south park old south park episodes again uh and they don't have south park on hbo in mexico so i was like it's not there crap i can't watch it so it was it was funny i also wanted to get into are you afraid of the dark like the og because i've never watched it so i watched like the very first one and i'm like yeah nope oh <laughs> 
cheesy so cheesy like i love so rewatching cheesy. those but you got to be in the right headspace because i put them on as like background noise if i'm doing something else and then i'll come in and out like oh i remember this one scared the crap out of me and it's so stupid Most yeah i really like so like, bad now the revival i liked that first season the second season was a little too juvenile for me but the first revival mm -hmm. season was so good the second one was a little too long and i actually didn't finish it so mm -hmm. oh well that's how much i liked it the only other thing I wanted to say is we talked about Amityville in space the last time. Is that what it's called? Right? Amityville in space. Yeah. I think, I think so. that's what it's called. Yeah. There's also in that same realm a Titanic 666 coming out. <laughs> I also yeah. discovered a flick called Amityville Bigfoot. Oh, of course. That looks insane because it just looks like a gorilla costume in the trailer. Like it's super low budget. I'm not oh even God. sure it's out yet because I was trying to find it so I could watch it. But um, We really should have like an episode where we talk about like four god awful Amnivilles. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because there's be awesome. so many. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Amityville just is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> like herpes yes <laughs> i am excited for x to open this weekend because i just i i'm i've heard very positive things from the buzz saw a trailer and i was like i'm pretty sure we're gonna have to do this for the show yeah. so yeah yeah looks like fun so y'all out there get ready get ready <laughs> so let's talk about this movie all right yeah like we said uh i'll do the letterboxed for it all right. Uh, and so we're talking Leprechaun Returns, directed by Stephen Kostansky. Who did? Psycho Goreman, PG yeah, Psycho Goreman. So. I thought of you. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it says, be careful what you wish for, is the tagline. A group of unwitting sorority sisters accidentally awaken the serial killing a lep leprechaun after they build a sorority house on his hunting grounds. And that's it. And, you know, when you hear that tagline, you automatically think this will never pass the Bechdel test, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> I know sure of does. at least two scenes where it does. When the the gal, um, Lila, first shows up, she and Katie talk about Ozzy, but then the third gal, Rose, comes into the picture, and the three of them have a whole conversation about, you know, the well and the solar panels and they don't mention a thing about guys and then i know for sure there's also a second scene that takes place in the basement when it's flooding and they only talk about the flooding and the one girl's like lila's like you know i'm gonna fix this up i can do it just give me this and give me that and i will unflood the basement and um and so yeah i just have to say it passes so that's pretty impressive for a movie with sorority sisters called leprechaun returns <laughs> yes uh so yeah I cards on the table. I'm a fan of the Leprechaun series. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. In fact, while we were on our uh, little uh, excursion, our vacation uh, over dinner one night, I was having a conversation with uh, friends uh, about like my love of bad movies. Uh, and specifically, I talked about two series that are, you know, objectively, every movie in these film series is, is bad. <laughs> but I still love them anyway. Uh, and one of those series is Leprechaun and the other one was Sharknado. Ah, uh, mm -hmm. wait in depth and like, those are just so terrible, but they're so fun to me at least. So, you know, turn your brain off and watch these sorts of things. But Leprechaun, I got a lot of love for the Leprechaun series. Um, now, had you seen this one before? Never seen this before. This was the only, no, I haven't watched the one before this either. 
which is the other Legacies? movie. Uh, Origins. Origins. Which was that like sounds the horrible. quote unquote prequel. It's the first one because this also doesn't have Warwick Davis because he's walked away from the role uh, for the time being. He might come back, he says. Maybe he'd do it again if there's, you know, a sequel that he would want to do. But so far, this is now the second movie without Warwick Davis. Uh, the one before this Leprechaun Origins, I understand that it like pretty much has nothing to do with the other films in the series. Like the Leprechaun's a totally different monster in that one. than. Leprechaun. I wonder if they go into why he likes shoes so much. Yeah. Because no. that's just a thing from, that's not but, explained, right? In the original. Now, like he, that, I think, is just from folklore, if I remember. Is it? Yeah, that Leprechaun's like shoes. Kind of like... Um, oh, Kind of like who does that? Fairies, gnomes, something like that. I remember a folk tale about maybe it's goblins like shoes. I can't remember. But weird. Yeah, yeah it, that's just from folklore, I think. So. Huh. Okay. But I found uh, that to be odd. Anyway, like I said, going into this one, um, you know, it was okay. <laughs> it was, uh, I would say, objectively a better made movie than a bunch of the other sequels in this series. Uh, whether it was as like entertaining, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I thought it was a lot of fun. The kills were great. Like I rewatched yeah, the, the kill count awesome. for the first movie because I didn't fully remember. We'd done that reading before of mm -hmm. like the first half, and I played Ozzy because he's the best character. Yes, and that little kid from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is in it, who plays Andy. Um, but I went back and watched the kill count to sort of be refreshed, and I was like, oh yeah, like the kills are horrible in the first one. Like the only good one is the pogo stick, and only four people die and they're mostly really boring. And then I watched the kill count for this after it was said and done. And he's like, there isn't a lamest kill in this one. Like all the kills are creative and fun and it's a sci-fi channel, but they're like awesome. And I would concur. I think yeah. like all the kills are creative and bloody and gross and fun. Yeah, the kills are cool. Um, I don't even know where to start. I'll just do... Uh, when this started, I had like the same kind of vibe as the Slumber Party Massacre remake because, you know, again, Sci-Fi Channel is now taking these like lesser uh, horror series and per uh, distributing the sequels, apparently. Um, but like I had a similar vibe to that, but it quickly turned into where the Slumber Party Massacre movie became like a remake, spoof and deconstruction, like all at the same time of the original Slumber Party Massacre series. This one really just turns into a straight leprechaun movie. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't, it has flashes where I thought like some of the humor seemed self-aware or that it was going to go in a more meta direction as it went, but it never does. It's really just an average slasher movie, but with the leprechaun, which was also funny because the other, I wouldn't classify any of the movies before this as like true slasher movies. Like they're, monster movies with the leprechaun on the loose killing people but like they don't necessarily like it's not a group of dumb teens ever like running around so it doesn't necessarily feel slasherish the rest of the series but this one feels explicitly like an old school slasher in that it's a bunch of kids isolated you know youths college youths isolated in one spot so yeah i never really loved any of the girls which would have put it on another level for me if I would have loved the lead gal, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just thought she was kind of boring, quite honestly. I didn't love yes. her. I loved Katie, like the the secondary female lead better, but still I was kind of just like bored overall with the kids. 
And so that, like, if, and I like the Ozzy sort of stuck around, like, when he died so early, I was like, what a bummer. But then, like, he kind of comes back, and that that's a little Pet cemetery ish like, with, like, the um, the guy who got hit by the truck. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name right now, but it had that yeah. s- similar sort of vibe. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't love it, but the kills were great. Um, I also, I, I as soon as, like, the, the Jennifer Aniston voice comes out of the mouth out of like the leprechaun's voice towards the end. And I like had to look up and it was a a gal named Heather McDonald. And she does a bunch of impersonations. She does like Drew Barrymore. You can hear her do Jennifer Aniston on like some YouTube videos. So like I had to look it up because I'm like, obviously Jennifer Aniston did not come back to provide her voice to Leprechaun Returns. And it didn't sound quite like her. So I had to like look it up and see who it was. So that was kind of fun. They tried. They I read oh, I did they? trivia. Yeah, they reached out to her and they tried to get her to do it. Uh, oh, but wow. she, she wanted more money than they could afford. I'm sure. And I was like, come on, Jennifer. <laughs> like, I know it would have taken like 30 minutes of your day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's my little anti Jennifer Aniston rant about. <laughs> no, she's America's sweetheart. Yeah, she's America's sweetheart. She's uh, like, even Matthew McConaughey at this point has come around and poked fun at his appearance in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie where like a lot of these holdouts that have acted like I'm too good for the horror movie that I started in. Jennifer Aniston's one of those holdouts. Like she just apparently hates the original Leprechaun that she was involved in it and never like acknowledges it. And it's like, just, it has so much love. So many people like (laughs) me, in fact, like love that you were in that movie. And to me, like that's her best thing she did is that first Leprechaun movie. So now what is it? Throw a bone to the horror fans. Courtney Cox also did like an, a horror movie early in her days. What was that? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like there was one. What um, I think of is she was in her first movie I know of was the Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie. That uh, might be what I'm from the 80s. Of. She was in that. And that was awesome. Now, another thing that I really love are and I wish someone would do a compilation film. I didn't look on YouTube, so it might exist of all of like the fake Google searches and app names because here it's Funstagram instead of Instagram and uh-huh. Googly search engine and like I just would like to see a compilation of all of the ridiculous yes. versions of that. Now, uh, something that makes this movie stand out in the Leprechaun series uh, is the fact that it is a and, and like so popular now. We did a direct sequel to the original movie and ignored anything else. Um, but this is the first direct sequel in the Leprechaun series because none of them have continuity with each other. You go back and you watch Leprechaun 1, then Leprechaun 2, you're like, is this technically the same Leprechaun? Because they give him a totally different origin story and it has no like crossover with the first, but they did that with each one that there's never mention of what happened before. It almost seems like a reboot in every subsequent movie. So now I feel like James Janice mentioned something about another one in this series was a direct sequel to the original, but I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. I'm not sure. He mentioned that another one references the first one. Like it's a direct sequel to it, even though it wasn't part two, it was one of the other ones. Maybe it was three. It might've been, might've been three or something like that. Uh, and, and then speaking of those earlier movies too, that's, what I found lacking in this movie was the scope of the story felt was way too like, they're only in the one location the whole time. Even the original movie went to like other 
locales and had like extra care, you know, extra storylines getting brought in. Uh, and I feel like this late in the game, like if you're going to do a Leprechaun movie that really like wows people uh, for thinking outside the box, you got to do something super crazy. Because I mean, in number three, he went to Las Vegas. In number four, he went he went to outer space. In number five, he went to the hood. So it just kept getting, and it had Ice-T as a supporting uh, antagonist in Leprechaun in the Hood. So you got to like really, I think, shake up the formula with it. And it, with that being said, I was reading a bunch of uh, sequels that didn't happen. Uh, and I'm mm. like, okay, okay. I, Steven uh, Kostansky, like, I, I, I like where you were going with this. Like, you seem like the kind of director that can handle this material well. Give him one of those crazy ones. I want to see, like, I want to see him do Leprechaun in the Old West. Or, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, another one was Vampricon, where he's oh, also a vampire no. Leprechaun. No. Or, uh, and... Mind you, I don't think this should happen now because of where this other series is at. But at one point, they were trying to do a Leprechaun versus Candyman movie. Oh, no. See, I could see Leprechaun versus Chucky. That's the one online everyone talks about. And another one uh, that almost happened was Leprechaun versus Wishmaster. And I feel like that could be interesting if done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I haven't seen Wishmaster. So now I did, I do have to say, I think that Lendon Porco, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, who did play the Leprechaun, did a pretty good job. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I liked it. What's the original one's name? Warwick? Warwick Davis. Warwick. Yep. He's fantastic and no one can top him. But mm-hmm. like Lyndon Porco coming in here is not like what's his name in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Like, Yes. Yeah. It, it, was, it feels was a suitable replacement. It feels honest enough to what the character is supposed to be. He did a good job. Now, I just can't with all of the limericks and rhyming. They're just horrible. They're not yeah, even it, funny. It's not even funny. It's just annoying. I feel like at this point, too, like you go back, go back and watch like the first couple of movies and you're like, oh, there's some clever, funny stuff in there. And then it just keeps going and going and going. And I feel like, oh, I guess there's only a finite amount of clever limericks you can write before they're all just awful without repeating yourself. So I feel like that's what's going on here. Yes. But I mean, I could see that this is a a predecessor to Psycho Goreman. And even though I don't love Psycho Goreman, I enjoy it more than this. It's more fun. It Mm -hmm. definitely has more fun with it. But I would imagine, and I've only seen the first leprechaun before this but i imagine this is much better than lots of those others however in that regard that you're talking about like that some of the other ones are so bad they're just fun like i could imagine that other ones are maybe more enjoyable to watch from like this is just fucking batshit crazy and stupid sort of way but i thought this was a a decent flick especially for like a sci-fi movie i'm like this is yeah like they're doing some decent stuff Oh yeah, being forgiving on it in in that regard. Yeah, as a sci-fi channel movie, like this is pretty damn good. Uh, And as a Leprechaun sequel, as far as like budget and filmmaking like goes, it's pretty good. Uh, Now Leprechaun 4 in space. Uh, That one is just, I think that one is the height of so insane and just so crazy with the concept that you can't help but laugh all the way through that thing because it's just batshit insane. And while there's a scene here where there's multiple tiny versions of Leprechaun, I saw a clip where he's like giant in space. 
Yes, he gets giant in space. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he's the hero of in space, too. Like, he's the protagonist. Oh. Uh-huh. Like, because all oh, the other characters great. are so stupid and terrible uh, that, like, and they just kind of latch onto the leprechaun as, like, the the protagonist. So you're like, huh. Weird. Yeah, that one is maybe one day for a special. I'll whip that one out. Uh. Uh. Have you suffer through some horrible movies that I think are still fun? Well, I'm glad I watched this though. It was a good way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And if you're listening to this on our day early drop on St. Patrick's Day, happy St. Patty's. It's my dad's birthday. Hello. So happy birthday, Dad. I know you don't listen, but happy birthday, Papa Planbeck. Send some love towards good old Gene. And, uh, you know, if you are, if it is St. Patrick's Day and you're looking for something fun to watch, just turn on Sci-Fi Channel right now. It's probably playing a Leprechaun Marathon. It's probably this movie is playing right now as we speak, uh, if you're listening on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, but this is very fun and I'm glad we watched it. Do you have anything else to say about it? No, I mean, like I said, it was kind of weird to see a back to basic i think that was part of it it's just they've gone so many insane directions with the series for them to do just back to basics exactly like the first movie was kind of jarring uh for someone such as myself that's well versed in the series so uh interesting i wish like i said it was a little more meta i think that's what would have made this like awesome uh would have been to do something more like the slumber party massacre Mm-hmm. remake that was a bit more meta and self-aware but yeah uh, the kills were awesome yes for sure so um of course out of five four leaf clovers how many do you give it i'm gonna give it two and a half so that would be 10 clover leaves that's true i'm also giving it two and a half all right well that means you can take this movie and throw it on the slash slashy <laughs> it's decent enough but nothing that i'd be like oh my god you gotta go watch it yeah no this is just for the committed <laughs> fully committed to the leprechaun series definitely watch this one um but yeah not super i wouldn't don't go out of your way it's not a modern classic definitely not and you know i'm probably gonna drop this with very minimal edits so sorry but also you probably will barely notice because we're such perfectionists anyway. we're getting so good at it yeah good and also i didn't mention earlier but we'd love to hear from you scaring is sharing at gmail.com follow us on the insta drop into the dms like teacher drew does almost every week teacher drew and we really appreciate that so yes thank you to all of our listeners our supporters we're gonna get that merch one of these days okay yeah yeah there's a i've been looking online ideas for what we could do some limited runs possibly so you know keep keep your eyes peeled uh but as long as people keep requesting it it'll probably happen at some point it'll probably happen okay okay (laughs) just calm down people or keep asking everybody calm down or keep asking yeah yeah. Well, thank you so much. And Jeremy, I'm glad you're back. Um, but I have to tell you, please remember to hail Paymon. And as always, I want me gold! <laughs> <laughs> and keep watching those scary movies and talking about them because... Scaring is sharing. Uh, that's right. Bye. <laughs> Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring.
This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.